0: 247 Real Talk This is your host Julian Perry Glad to be here with you once again I'll be sharing another episode Of my perspectives On different issues in the news I'll be right back Good day, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are around the world. This is your host, Julian Perry, once again, welcoming you to another episode of the 247 Real Talk podcast. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Hope that you guys had a great week since the last episode. Uh, this has been a sort of a rocky and strange evening. Um, It is about 10.30 p.m. on Wednesday, April 13th, and maybe it's the 13th that's the issue. Huh? Um, had a guest come on, scheduled for this episode and they called in and uh, my machine that routes the the phone calls has a windows machine in the middle of the of the the hardware and earlier this evening there was an update and after that it just kept dropping the call so we couldn't really get through the recording and so I decided to record this instead and just, you know, share my thoughts, which I know um, a lot of my audience like, and I've, I've gotten a lot of um, encouragement about it, and people like to hear what I have to say, whether they agree or disagree with me. I have one particular listener who is a diehard fan, I know, because he tells me, and uh, he's, he's, he's very quick to point out his disagreements with my perspective. So, um it, it serves for great conversation, engaging conversation, and, and movement in the right direction. So here we are. I'm going to touch on a few things in this episode. I always say I'm not to try uh, try not to make it too long, and that's my intention um, here now. So I'm going to start off with the recent um, changes in 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 Albany to bail reform. Um, I know that people are on different sides of the fence in this and some people feel that um, it was a detriment to their progress and others feel that it was right. I got to be honest with you, as a a black man in America who um, I've had my share of of prejudice acts against me and and I've witnessed enough of them, but, you know, um, I kind of agree with this one. I kind of agree with this change because my father was a judge, and, in, in you know, not the United States, but my father was a judge. And I think it is important to, to create a balance where you make sure you pay attention to the judges and their decisions to ensure that there's not any, there's no prejudice in the decision because judges are supposed to be impartial and judge strictly based on the law. But I'm glad that the changes that came in Albany sort of untied the hands of, of the judges a bit. And allow and allow them once again to rule as judges and not as as judges who have to follow what the legislature says, in the sense that, so what they're allowed to do now is they're allowed to look at each individual case by case. They're not. There, there's no blanket application of bail or no bail. So, as I mentioned in a previous episode, I gave a scenario where you have a law abiding. Uh, man who's got a wife and kids, and he goes to work every day, and he does his best. He's never been in trouble, and he goes. His his kid is sick. You know, he's got a baby. The hot with fever. He runs to the drugstore before it closes. Um, either I just made up the scenario. Either he doesn't have enough money, or or the he finds out that the prescription insurance doesn't pay for it. To make a long story short, you know he's he's worried about his child. He's breaking the fever is not breaking and. He slips a bottle of Tylenol or child whatever in his pocket on the way out and he gets caught. And now, you know, now we have a case where he goes in front of a judge and the judge must be able to look at this and say, you know what? Here's a guy who has never been in trouble. Here's a guy who's explained his version of the story. Um, we can corroborate it by the fact of, you know, of the, uh, based on the item that he, he shoplifted. I'm going to release him on his own recognizance. I'm not going to give him bail. I'm letting him come back because even though it was wrong, I'm not condoning this. That's understanding circumstances versus what's been going on where people have been in jail 41 times and they're getting this blanket application from the bail reform and they're, they're, they're being released when they should be not in jail but underneath the jail. And unfortunately, you know, you've got these 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 people, you know, who come out and say, you know, well, statistics say that bail reform has nothing to do with crime. I think that's hogwash, and I think that is hogwash only because let's think about the last few really heinous crimes we've we've heard about. I mean, I'm thinking. Specifically, what comes to mind right away, you know, is, is, is we've had things where the two police officers were killed. We've, you know, New York has had so much crime, and every time we hear about it, it's always someone who's, you know, there was a. And, and, and forgive me for digressing here, or, or my thoughts for jumping around. But as these things come to mind, there was a young lady of Asian descent who uh, lived in Manhattan, and she came home late one morning, and this guy followed her upstairs. And he stabbed her, I think, 41 or 44 times or whatever it was. He killed her. But I think he had been arrested 41 times. He'd been arrested 41 times. Under what circumstance or what set of circumstances should a judge let him go back on the street, even if he was picked up for panhandling? He, that's a pattern. Someone who's been, and depending too on the nature of the arrest, so the so the judge now has a discretion to say, you "No, know, this guy has violent arrest or a mixture of violent arrests. He's been arrested too many times. I'm not letting him out there because the next one could be the worst one." And this is what has happening. So for those, you know, I understand that you know, there's been so much, uh, um, or, or so many people have suffered uh, by at the hands of 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 the system, because, you know, there's many people, we understand the, the socioeconomic dynamics in, in our society. We understand that minorities make it the majority of poverty, and we understand that, you know, they go to court, and these judges levy this incredible bail that they can't pay, and you have some really, um, peop- you know, well, I don't want, I, let's, let's say for lack of a better term, people who are, who've made a mistake, people who were were subjected to a set of circumstances that caused them to make the wrong decision not murder not rape not 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 violence you know shoplifting stealing um um you know with with an explanation not condoning it wrong is wrong crime is crime but i'm saying that person doesn't you know should should not have to be in jail with twenty thousand dollars bail and watch their families destroyed. When you know there hasn't been a trial and and and, you, and no one's had a chance to listen to the, to the circumstances in detail and maybe give them a chance. Because things in life happen, and and I think all of us who who have families or who are 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 in love with our families, you know, so to speak would would go to the end of the earth for them if you have a young child and you're watching your baby that you love so much burning up with fever or or you know I mean yes go to the hospital but you know I'm just making this up I'm I'm saying or you watch your baby hungry let's put it that way so the hospital can't help here you know the child hasn't eaten you you know that you had to pay the, the the gas bill and the light bill and and something you didn't expect came up and something happened and and you had to you know you had to make a decision and you spent the money and you thought you would have gotten some more money and then you lost your job or you didn't get the money that somebody owed you money and didn't pay you it's all sorts of things in life can happen but you find yourself where you know it, it's not much but if you can get a bag of rice you got water you got you, you paid the light bill so you can at least you know cook some rice and throw some soy sauce or something, and whatever, you know, bare minimum. What do they call that? Um, uh, those new ramen noodles, something. And so you, you look at your children hungry, tears in your eyes, and you go out to the store and you ask the store owner, you tell him your plight, and the store owner says, I'm sorry, man, I'm running a business. I can't give it to you. Now, we're not going to address that part in this conversation because that's another tricky thing. You know, I understand the store owners can't, come to air, can't give everybody who walk in, you know, walks into the store and says, I want something, or they might go broke because there's enough people who are, who are dishonorably enough to see a kind person and take advantage of them. But I'm talking about a scenario where the general comes in, he says, Can I get two packs of ramen noodles? Well, they're, they're pennies a pack, and the store owner says, No. And so he walks around the store. When the store owner is not looking or thinks he's not looking, he puts two in his pocket. He's walking out. He gets stops at the door. You shoplifted. They, they hold. They hold him. They call the police. They find him with the ramen noodles. Bang! He goes to jail. Now there are another scenarios. I've, I've read a few times where. Um, Instead of arresting the person, the cops actually bought groceries, and you, you know, so that those scenarios were nice. But this is not the scenario we're talking about. We're talking about now the man's in jail for a few packs of ramen noodles. His child is still home, hungry now. So all he wants to do at this point is to get back to his child. Maybe figure out some other way. Maybe go on the street corner with a cup and beg so he can get enough money to buy the ramen. Or maybe it's late at night and 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 it, you know most places are closed and there's only like the the, the the corner shops that are open. Whatever. And now he's in jail, and he goes before the judge, and the judge says, you know, previously you know, is here we looking at a black man, a minority, ten thousand dollars beer, first offense. Yes, it's a crime, but come on. So now this whole change in the law in Albany is supposed to allow the judges to do what judges should be doing. That's use their discretion for each individual case. I am weary of the fact and I'm warning that there, there needs to be some other body. Of, of persons who are actually looking at the decisions, you know, doing sample uh, quality testing, so to speak, of the judge's decisions to ensure that what's happening is actually what's intended. Meaning that it can have the adverse effect too where you have a racist judge who now to their discretion says, well, it was my discretion to give him $20,000 bail. And you're looking and you're seeing a pattern. Of Where only certain people are getting that that bill you know the, are being put in that position by a certain judge, someone needs to hold them accountable on that too so we we have to be careful here because you know every 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 to every action is an equal and opposite reaction you know and and sometimes we try to do our best and the worst happens and that's because you know we we forget sometimes that when we when we make a law we change the law we we make the assumption that everyone's going to follow that law. And we, and, and we also make the assumptions that people who are sworn in as judges, you know, somehow we put them on this pedestal like they, they won't do any wrong. And we've, we found out time and time again that there's been enough cases of corruptions with judge, corruption with judges too to make sure that there are checks and balances for everything that we do. So anyway, that's as much as I'm going to say on the bail reform issue. I want to talk a little bit about something else that I talked about in my last one-on-one with you guys, and that is crime in New York. And And for those of you who and I'm sure it's, all over, it's been all over the news, I'm sure you pretty much know that <clears throat> I think it was the N train yesterday in Brooklyn. There's a gentleman who was apprehended today, but apparently, you know, whatever his, his issue was, and we don't know what it is yet, but he, he fired 33 rounds after letting off some kind of gas canister, smoking gas canister in a train. He fired 33 times. He hit 10 people. I'm hearing different stories, and I don't know what the truth is yet. I'm hearing that, that for some reason, you know, the gun jammed, and his intention was probably to, to you know, do a lot more damage. I don't know. And and it, in the days to come, we'll find out, um, or maybe we will, maybe we won't, what, what was really behind this, and why would he do this, um And I think you know. Again, there may be a mental health issue here. There may not be a mental health issue here, but everything needs to be looked at because everyone who has a hand in it, who could have made a difference and didn't, or turned a blind eye, should be held accountable. You know, there's, there's just you no. Know, we have so many of these kinds of shootings all over the country, and and when you find out the person went for mental health and they were turned away, and and these sorts of things. So we'll hear what the bottom of the story is, but. Last time I spoke with you about crime, I did something where I went back one day and I just went through the 1010 Wins app. There's 1010 Wins in New York with 1010 Wins News. And I get the updates when anything happens. I just went through the crimes that they reported for two days. And so I'm going to do the same thing for this segment. So I'm starting yesterday. Let's see what we have here. So yesterday, which is, I'm sorry, my allergies are... This is algae season. Yesterday at uh Tuesday at 7:37 a.m. It says duo attacks robs man of five dollars at Chinese takeout restaurant in the Bronx. Then let's see. We have well, this is this was interesting. We had the Lieutenant Governor of New York, uh, Brian Benjamin, uh, surrendered to police and and get arrested for uh, campaign finance fraud. That's interesting. Anyway, um, a lot of the next set of reports are dealing with um, the subway shooting. So we go to... Yesterday at eleven forty a.m., armed robber steals fifteen hundred dollars from clerk at East Harlem deli. I'm going to keep skipping. So, in between this, mind you, was the Brooklyn the shooting in Brooklyn, uh, ten people shot. So, I, I'm not going to mention that again because we talked about that, right? So, there was a lot of that in between. So, I have to I have to go through a lot of uh, noise from that because they kept. Um, repeating it. So here we go. 2.15 p.m., thieves break into Queen's school, graffiti, racial slurs in classroom. Uh, tent with two men inside burns during Washington Heights brush fire. Well, that's not, okay. Man, 81, on mobility scooter, fatally struck by pickup truck. Mm, that's interesting, too, but that's not a crime. Well, yeah. Um... And like I said, it was saturated with the, 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 the subway attack. So um, things like they got pushed into the corner. So, yesterday at 9 p.m., woman 18 arrested in connection with fatal shooting of man after dispute at Bronx Dunkin' Donuts. Um, Connecticut police searching it for person of interest in fatal shooting of Olympian's mother. Um, Like I said, there's a lot to read through Because this guy apparently It was a person of interest at that point Frank James And everything was saturated with that Okay, here we go 10.44 a.m. this morning That's Wednesday, April 13th Three killed At least 12 hurt in shootings Across New York City on Tuesday So Outside of what happened in the subway, there were three people killed and at least 12 hurt in shootings across New York City on Tuesday, on Tuesday on yesterday. Um, Queens-based nationwide prostitution ring brutally beat robbed woman, Department of Justice. Burglar who broke into Queens office stole cell phones sought by NYPD. Uh, one twenty-three p.m. Teen boy robbed at knife point inside Bronx apartment. Foresought. Suspect. This is four one p.m. Suspect arrested after two men stabbed inside a Harlem subway station. So, and again, uh, you know, on a regular day, it probably have been would have been a lot more, but um. The the whole subway shooting kind of you know took over in the news, and that was the focus of most journalists, etc. But the reason I read that to you is just because you know until I got the ten ten wins, it's the Odyssey app, and then I you know I get the ten ten wins news, you know that I listened to, and then I I signed up for updates so I get the text updates through the app, and on a normal day. You know, they report all of this violence in New York. And when you listen to the major news stations and the news, and let's say the 11 o'clock news at night, most of them are not mentioned. So people already don't have an understanding of how much crime is going on in New York compared to, if you look at the statistics compared to last year, this time, even even you know with, with COVID, uh, us coming out of COVID or whatever, it is getting really wild in New York. It is getting, what you know, from like what I remember in the 80s. I mean, every single day there are four or five incidents of stabbings and shootings and and on the subway, you know. And there are more police officers. I have seen them myself because at first I questioned, I said, well, you know, are there are really more police officers out there, but I have seen a lot of police officers walking around. I've seen a lot of cars uh, parked, uh, police cars parked at the subway station, Um, police officers down in the subway stations but this is just still regardless completely out of control I have no idea why or you know what this is because it almost seems like it's purposeful like it's you know and, and I think that the crimes are unrelated but I don't know what's causing this 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 spike in violence, but it's a scary time. You know, you have kids, and you and, and you have to take the subway. You just don't know if you if you're tired and you nod off for a second, and you you know you close your eyes for a second, what that means to the person standing opposite you, or what they'll do. It means it's just a scary time. People are getting people are standing in this in 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 the train, you know, in a packed train or semi-packed train, waiting to get to their stop, and someone's walking up behind them and stabbing them or punching them for no reason. And I don't know what we're doing as human beings. It seems like the whole world has gone wild. I mean, it just seems to be a bunch of hatred and anger in the world. And, you know, we talk about guns and guns control, and I'm not going to get into that conversation. But the point is, there has be more stabbings and, 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 than, than I, I can remember in, in the 30-something years I've been in this country. There'll be more deaths by stabbing, even. So this is bigger than the weapon that they're using. This is a people problem, and this is something that you know advocates have been been trying to say for years. That yes, we have you know tools of the trade that someone can argue with one's more deadly than the other. But when you got more people seemingly stabbed and killed, you know there was um, someone stabbed you out there in the train again that was killed. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to downplay the the firearm thing because. I think last week we had two young ladies, one 15, one, I forgot the age of the other one, who were unintended, unintended targets and both were killed. One was outside of high school in the Bronx and I forgot where the other one was. But this is ridiculous. It is ridiculous that human beings have completely gone Mad that looking at someone that's breathing like you, that's standing like you, and, and, and putting a bullet through their chest or their head or whatever, and then their life is just par for the course, just tells me that we're in some serious trouble. And this is not a law enforcement issue. This is a people issue. Somewhere along the line... In the last few years it seems like even where maybe covid has something to do with it I don't know maybe the isolation has something to do with it but we lost our our ability to reach people who have an, uh, 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 an inclination to be violent I do not recall and I like I said I've been here many 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 years in this in, you know I migrated here many years ago I was a little boy and I do not recall this kind of violence except for maybe in the 80s when things there was a moment there were things went crazy. Every single day. And and what's worse now, this is not even what they say, OGs, you know, the old gangsters shooting each other. This is this is the 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 shooters are 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 unharmed and young children outside of schools and you know are being shot and killed. There was a case uh, about two weeks ago where a mother and her son were sitting in the car outside their home eating in the car and there was a drive-by i think four guys jumped out or whatever but they killed a 12 year old boy i think the mother was killed too but this 12 year old boy was killed maybe the mother was not killed i don't remember but both were shot the 12 year old boy died shot in the head or whatever how is this okay there was another case I heard of somebody who shot, uh, I think they said they shot up someone, actually the girl that was killed outside the Bronx, I think they, they, they were, there was an argument. I think, I think that's the case where, but there was some case where when after they finished shooting and killing the person, they went home and played video games. I'm trying to make a point here as to what's going on with human beings. When did we start? I think that we as human beings are born with the inherent characteristics of compassion, I understand and, and, and empathy and, and love and I understand that your journey in life shapes you and, and, and in many cases because of cruelty by someone else, they rob you of those emotions or, you, they, they, or they refuse to allow you to, to, to exhibit those emotions. You, you suppress them because of your history and because of your pain. But those of us who have better sense of, 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 of a life with difference and a life of success and a life of living in, in at least what we, could, what we deem to be normal homes need to do something. We need to recognize who these people are. We need to, I, don't know, I don't know what to do. But I've got two young children and it scares me to think about 20 years, if we, don't, if we can't fix this or at least get a handle on it, what, what, is, what is the world going to be like? What world are my children going to grow up in? Can I afford to even loosen my grip to let them go from, from, from the front door to the curb? We have, it's like, it's like the, the world has gone mad. Young people have gone mad. People, period. It just seem okay. We're just snapping and killing someone and stabbing someone 40 times. And it's just like, oh yeah, they upset me. We don't have enough prisons to hold everyone who, who's going to be led towards in the direction of violence. We need to do something else. I don't know what it is. But these are the conversations we need to have. I think that the focus is so much on Ukraine and all these places in the world that we are not paying attention to what's going on at home I don't believe that we need to stop don't get me wrong people in the world need help and if we can help we help them but we need to make sure we take care of home before we, we, we exit the home and go outdoors to take care of someone else I looked at one of the, the, the news briefs from 1010 10 Winds and it talked about inflation. I know I'm not digressing because I think there's a direct relationship here. The cost of living has gone through the roof. People are struggling to make ends meet. Most of us haven't seen a, a raise from our job in years. The stresses that we are under are unimaginable. Many of us have lost loved ones to COVID. Many of us have gone through COVID ourselves. Many of us have kids who are in schools that are struggling. Many of us are dealing with protecting our kids because we see the bullying going on in school that goes unnoticed or unchecked by teachers because they're outnumbered by the students. Many of us are figuring out how to keep paying our mortgages and paying our bills to keep our homes so that our children have a roof over their heads in the night, when the end of the night comes. And this is not something, This is, the, and you got to understand, when you walk around places like Brooklyn and Queens and in New York, you know the rents that they charge for apartments now are probably more than many people's mortgages. And then I'm going to throw in the, the, my, my favorite thing to argue about. And I'll, and I'll tell you a little bit more about what I'm in the process of doing, but um, student loans. And I bring this up because the government once again, you know, delayed the student loans till August 1st. And I tried to, to, to sort of really put some thought into the emotional uh, roller coaster and the emotional stress of that issue. I spoke I've spoken with people who, who they were breathing a, a sigh of relief it was like you hold your breath and you're turning blue and then they they moved the date from May 1st to August and they 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 exhaled and everybody sees that as relief but it's not really relief it's just delayed stress the way lives are now, the way people are not making money, the way cost of living going up, the way gas and, and, and food and everything else is is robbing you of every cent and that you get you get paid and, and probably the few cents you have saved. All, come August first, it's not gonna change from May 1st to August 1st is not going to have this amazing change in someone's financial situation that they're going to go from barely making it now to be able to pay $500 or $1,000 or whatever it is in student loans every month. Student loans, federal money. Federal money that the federal government is taxing Americans for who went to school so they could become better, so they could use their knowledge to give right back to this society, this country, so they can be part of the tapestry that makes this country great. And we got people in, 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 in our, our members of Congress, Republicans and Democrats, fighting. And everybody's got a grudge, and everybody feels that you know, if if you forgives student loans, somebody somewhere along the line is going to stop making as much money as they did, and that's their bottom line, my friends. If 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 if, if you have a a a a, a, a this conception about the people that we elect understand it. Understand this: they are not interested in making dramatic change for, for the betterment of our lives. Many of these people who sit in Congress have some direct or indirect uh, cash flow from universities the colleges, and colleges and board of directors, and all they want the money. They want the students to pay the money. They don't care whether you can pay it or not. And isn't it sad that American citizens are begging their own leaders, their own country, to help them, not for a handout, because when they go wherever they work, McDonald's or corporate America, whatever knowledge they got from university, they're giving back to this society to continue to make this the greatest country in the world. And yet, we have our members of Congress spending our taxpayers' money debating and making decisions in Congress to send Billions of dollars to Ukraine. Don't get me wrong. People in Ukraine are suffering. There's just about genocide going on there, and they need help. They need our compassion. I'm 100% for that. But I'm saying if you can give compassion to a stranger, a foreigner, you can certainly give compassion to your own people, your own citizens, the ones you wake up every morning and continue to work so that you, the members of Congress, get paid, so if this country keeps moving forward. what is it in the minds of Republicans and Democrats or whomever it is that has an objection to, to wiping out student loans that makes it feel that they're doing, the, like, they're, like they're taking money out of their own pocket which they probably are because they're making money from this summer, but the point I'm making is why do they feel that it's okay to help someone thousands of miles away who has never set foot in this country, who has never given one, one moment one second of their life to the betterment of this country, but you give them because of compassion but you have no compassion for your own I'm in New York and we have uh, Senator Chuck Schumer and I've seen him fight for the delay of repayment of student loans I want to see him fight for student loans to be wiped out and the time is now for all of you listening to me who are in the same struggle do what I do or do what I'm doing. If you go on the web and you go to, you search for Santa Schuma, he has an email page where you can send him a message. You need to start writing now. You can even you can even format the same message and send it every day, so at some point he'll read it or if he's someone who reads his messages because he's that he cares that much, then he's going to read your story every single day. The fact of the matter is that in a lot of ways, the Democrats have failed to unite. And because they've, they've taken that golden opportunity and squandered it come midterm elections in November, they're probably going to lose the House and the Senate. Only God can change that. So we've got a small window before that happens for our president to decide to stand just like Obama did when he decided to go after health care like no other president had. Our president needs to stand up to not only keep his promise about doing something about student loans, but do it. I don't know what executive powers allow. I don't know what the path is to getting these student loans wiped out, but he needs, if we've got a majority in the House, we've got a majority in the Senate, if it's possible. I need to see them trying at least. Because at least if they're trying and they're trying hard, it shows me that they feel my pain. And if they feel my pain, then enough of us will start raising our voices. And that goes for all of us. We need to unite and raise our voices. We can't sit back and grumble in the corner and expect change. Change does not come from individual conversations. Talking to yourself, that's, 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 you know, that's a mental issue. Change comes for us having conversations. I didn't say agreeing. I said having conversations. Change comes from enough people starting to make noise with their voices, with their pens, getting on, on, on podcasts like mine and all the other podcasts that are out there, and talking about student loans and, and and talking about all the other things, crime and all these things and what the government is not or is doing for you and then the voices every time you have a voice speak the voices gets the voices get louder remember social media is an open platform so this my podcast gets shared and all the other podcasts get shared and if there are enough of them sharing in, in unity with the same voice with the same people crying for the same change Not only do we start to get the attention of the people who make the laws, but we need to then hold them accountable. We need to basically say to them, if you're not going to give us what we need to survive, then you're not going to survive because you will no longer be there your next election. The minute people stop voting as Democrats and Republicans and start voting as people, regardless of your your affiliation, because you could be a Democrat and like some of the things about the Democratic Party and don't like the others. You could be a Republican and like some of the things the Republican Party and don't like the others. You could be Democrat or Republican and like some things Democrat and some things Republican. Why? Because we're human beings. We don't have to go straight down the line. So many people just vote down the line and and, and do all the things, that, you know, model their lives down the line because they identify with Democrats, Republican, irrespective of if it makes sense for their own lives. You hear me. You hear me calling out to you to share this podcast and share the message. You hear me asking you to get on your phone, to get on your email. We've got two big issues right now. One is the student loans. The other one is crime in New York. For those in New York, for those in other states, you got crime around the country. For those internationally, you got a guy like Putin holding the world at bay. Everybody's scared of whether this man will snap if they push him too hard and do something with, probably do something with nuclear weapons. Meanwhile, you know, Ukraine is saying, I forgot that the city, one city had like 10,000 deaths of civilians. They're bombing train stations and and, and exit routes. They're, they're, telling, they're telling Ukrainian civilians that you have safe passage. And as soon as they come out on the road to go safe crashes to passage, the Russians are bombing them. They're killing them. They're raping the women. They're shooting people in the head. There's mass graves. Do you understand in 2022 what Putin is doing? And what's even worse is that there's a... a you, know, you, you take out a few countries like you know, China and some other countries, but you have a, a coalition of countries that are condemning and believing what Putin is doing is wrong, and yet no one can stop him. Everyone's afraid to jump in because then they say, well, then Russia says, well, if you jump in, you're at war with us too. Seems to me that the struggle they're having in Ukraine, if other, if the rest of the world jumped in, then we'd be down to the nuclear question because they certainly wouldn't survive a war. The Russian forces would be wiped out if they're struggling with Ukraine. The rest of the, you know, all the other countries jumped in, they couldn't fight that battle on the battlefield. But man created something called nuclear weapon, and that allows someone to with 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 their thumb near a button to hold an entire world at bay while they crucify and slaughter human beings one man one man that has an entire country is scared of him as a dictator and we know what dictators do right they use brutality to rule we need to wake up those of us who are sleeping we need to wake up, if it's not to get involved directly, it is certainly to get involved in looking at life and understanding where we are and where we're going. We can no longer sit on the sidelines and watch the world self-destruct or be dis- or, or, dis- or sort of self-destructing in a sense because people are self-destructing. And so we make up this world. Before I I sign off this podcast, I also want to talk and you know and, and say congratulations to Supreme Court Justice Katanji Brown. For those of you who followed that uh, process, I'm hoping that you 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 paid note to some parts of it at least. So you saw the efforts by many to discredit her. It's amazing how much resistance you get when people decide to make change. It's even more amazing when that change involves elevating a minority. I do think that in this entire process, and I speak my my mind clearly as you know and i speak it freely cuz that's what free speech is about i do think that there was a big error on the uh biden administration once again i always talk about the 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 message that comes out of the biden white house is a problem because there is nothing wrong with him nominating and confirming a black, first black woman to Supreme Court. When he started out doing it, he made his intentions known. Do, do, do minorities deserve this chance? Absolutely. We are just as qualified as anyone else in the world. But if we're going to talk about not liking prejudice, we need to be careful with, with what we say and be purposeful with what we do. We were purposefully what we did and what he did to get her confirmed. But with an, announcing it before, the, 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 before even the election kind of says to everybody else, "Don't bother apply because you don't have the, the color of the skin, the person I'm looking for." And if you understand where I'm coming from, then before you jump at me, understand that I'm supporting what he did in terms of electing the first black woman. I think that that is progress because we need to be seen on the same level as equal by our own merit. I'm just saying how you deliver the message is so important. Because you cannot accuse someone of saying something like, I'm going to elect only a white person. And then you come out and do the same thing. Some of you may agree with me, some of you may disagree with me. Again, his actions, I applaud him. The delivery of the message and who is advising how and the, the, the tactics and what they use strategically to accomplish what they need to accomplish, that person or that body of people, they're an utter mess. And this is not just about the, uh, Judge Ketanji Brown. This is about, I've spoken about many other things that this White House comes out and says, and then they kind of have to retract or bite their tongue because you know, e- even, even the, the, the person who's paying least attention would, would kind of have their head spin around and say, did they really say that? So we have made progress, a lot more to go, it's unfortunate that when we talk about even the Supreme Court, a body of, the, of, of judges that's supposed to be impartial and supposed to you make these incredibly hard and, and, and important decisions that shape the world and in a way and shape certainly shape the United States and the lives of many people here, that even at that level, they're affiliated with Republicans or Democrats. And so the ideologies have the same separations as two people, two people on the street, one Republican and one Democrat, arguing with each other. Although I've seen in recent times, several judges put that aside and cross the line, it shouldn't be considered crossing the line because a judge should be impartial and they should judge based on good conscience and the law and nothing else. it is important that we understand that there's so many things going on in the world that the distractions are, are, are real and, and, and bountiful. If we want change, if we want to continue to, to not only pursue happiness, but to have happiness exist for our children and our children's children, it's time to get up. It's time to stand. It's time to be heard. It's time to make a difference. None of us get out of here alive. So while we're here, I suggest you do everything you can to make sure the world knows that you were here. God, grant me this serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Your will, not ours, be done. I say a very special thank you to all of you out there who do so many uh, gestures or or show me so many gestures of encouragement, who send messages, who hit me up on WhatsApp, an email, just to let me know that you encourage what I'm doing and you stand behind me. I feel so blessed and empowered to know that as I take this journey, you are taking the journey with me. I encourage you to get involved, to make a difference, whether it be for the causes that I discuss or your own. Was a time for sitting around and looking and waiting on the next person to get up. That time is over. Thanks again for your support. Remember that you can listen to this episode and any or every episode of the 247 Real Talk podcast On your favorite podcast app. Please do your best to share this message so the world can hear it. And if you'd like to send me a message, for whatever reason, email me at podcast at 247realtalk.net. That's podcast at 247realtalk.net. Coming soon, the podcast episode will be available on live TV. So stick around for those announcements. Until the next time, please take care of yourselves and do take care of each other.